Well, hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn Awardner, and joining me on this episode of the podcast is Zana Roberts-Rassi. And it feels like a special episode because, gosh, I first met Zana 16 years ago when I was a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, first-time beauty editor stepping into the industry for the very first time. I would go to events with, gosh, all the other beauty editors who were on magazines like Vogue, Cosmopolitan, Harper's Bazaar, WL, and be thoroughly intimidated. You know, I was there on my own. I'd go and it was like a new girl experience every single time. And there we'd be in the penthouse of a five-star hotel or some restaurant that had been decked out learning about a new fragrance or a new foundation formula. And I would be so stressed because I just felt so unput together. I'd be worrying about my mismatched outfit, my basic bitch coat, or the fact that my hair looked terrible. Because all these women all seemed effortlessly groomed, glamorous and put together. Now, I've had enough of those editors on this podcast for you to know that they are a kind and welcoming bunch. And Zana Roberts, as she was back then, was one of them. Warm, sweet, kind and funny. I used to love it when I'd turn up at an event or an airport or train station and she was there. And then it seemed she was gone. She moved to the US to go and work on Marie Claire in New York. And it wasn't really a surprise to anyone that she was going places because she's a real grafter. And you just knew she was on a steep trajectory and that impressive things were afoot. And none of us were wrong. Well, impressive doesn't quite cover it. Walking up to the Milk Makeup pop-up in Covent Garden the other day to be reunited with Zanna in person after so long. It was just teeming with people, enthusiasts, people taking selfies outside with the logo, people keen to peep in and see what was on offer. The three-year-old brand finally came to the UK and it really did so with a bang. It has a waiting list, or it had a waiting list, of over 17,000 people. And that's the biggest ever brand wait list to, for a brand coming, I think, from the UK, from the US, sorry, over to the UK. And there were over 4,500 shoppers who attended the pop-up over the launch weekend. Really impressive stuff. It's no mean feat. It was a big, big deal. In this chat, Zanna and I talk about the old days, what's been happening since we last had a wine together on a beauty trip, how milk makeup came to be, why being ambitious and knowing what you want is no bad thing, finding balance, knowing what you want, and so much more. It was such a lovely afternoon having to, or having to, getting to spend time with Zanna. I'm so glad to bring her to the podcast, and we were in the belly of the pop-up, hidden away in the production room, so you may hear the hustle and bustle from the studio next door, but it just adds to the charm as far as I'm concerned. So please... Welcome warmly and please do enjoy Zana Roberts Rassi on The Emma Gunn Show. This is, this is exciting. This is very exciting. (laughs) Because I have interviewed a lot of people on this podcast, over 200. I know. 200? Yeah, there are over 200 episodes. I'm ruining your introduction, sorry, no, I'll no. be quiet. It's, it's completely <laughs> off the cuff, it's completely fine. But this one feels sort of um, slightly emotional, Ooh. slightly wonderful. Ooh. Feels like, had Ooh. I known this 15 years ago when we met, it would have oh been a bizarre God. thought. Sure, for <laughs> sure it would have been. What, those days where we were both beauty editors uh, going on fun press trips together? Yeah. <laughs> so my guest on this episode of The Emma Gunn Show is Zana Roberts-Rassi, who, among other things, is the co-founder of Milk Makeup. And so much has mm. happened for you in the last 15 years. Yes, quite a lot. And I don't know how you're going to take this. Oh, no. But I feel as though, even the first time I ever met you, this... It was inevitable. Oh that my you were going, god! Really? Yeah, you're one of those people. It was inevitable you were going to take over the world. Oh my god! That's I've never heard anyone say that about me before, and that's very, very sweet because I actually felt the same about you. I just remember this <laughs> energy that comes from Emma, and you obviously all listen to her podcast, so you know. But there's a you're just very funny and got such a warmth about you. I think we're probably going to both both start crying in this interview. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's fine. Tears are allowed. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're so excited to bring Milk Makeup here. It's been mm. three years um, of living, breathing Milk Makeup in the US, and now we're bringing it here finally this week. And it's really exciting, and it does feel like a moment, and it, yeah. it feels like this particular territory has been like a hard-fought one, and it's yeah. sort of it feels all, 
all the sweeter for being here. Totally. We've been... It's funny, you look at our social platform, which now is a million deep on Instagram, and the majority of all messages <laughs> come from people in the UK. And obviously I come from, well, not obviously, but I was a beauty editor in the UK before I moved to New York. And um, it's all my friends as well here, all who are still all in the beauty industry. Like, what is? where did this brand come from and when are you getting it here? Yeah. And that has been so satisfying and truly the rocket up our proverbials to get us here you know and it's happened and we've got an incredible team behind it but just the just the buzz this week has been off the chart it's kind of mind-blowing yeah makes me tingle a little bit (laughs) so I said it was always inevitable you're going to take over the world and it could have been anything so I'm interested to kind of like plot our course back to day dot and why it was this because when I first met you Mm -hmm. you were a beauty editor Mm -hmm. That you were so much more. You were like the beauty editor that mucked in, did a bit of modelling. You <laughs> hand modelling. <laughs> you would have you would have carried an entire set on your back to a shoot location if it's it true. was going to be worth a shot. Yeah. And you were very and listeners know my background, but I'll say when I came into magazines in London, I was from local newspapers. Right. So I'd been doing you know tea parties and cake sales, <laughs> and then I would see someone like you, and oh. it was like, well, well, she's the real deal because she's yeah. like making it happen and she's flying out to New York and she's doing a shoot with this celebrity and that means so much but I think you're right and that's maybe why we were trying to tweet at the beginning because I'm a grafter I'm definitely mm. an all-rounder I will if anyone needs my help doesn't matter what like how high you are in the food chain or how low you mm-hmm. are I think I'm all about everybody should help up and down yes. manage up manage down yeah. um and yeah, if someone needs to carry a, a, a sea stand up a mountain to get the shot, I will do that. And if someone needs their shoes cleaning, I'll probably let them clean if it's someone who needs my help. Like it's, um, But that's what's interesting about being a beauty editor as well in the UK. And I think it was the best schooling I could ever have had because mm-hmm. as a beauty editor here, you were writing copy you were creative directing your shoot Mm -hmm. you were styling covers you were art directing you were calling in your own clothes you were casting you were booking photographers Mm -hmm. and so that background held me in such good stead when I moved to New York and moved into a much there's it's more skeletal the staff in the Mm -hmm. UK so you get to New York and I started as a fashion editor there which was like one role only, where I was used to doing 17 jobs. Exactly, Um, So I kind of always just carried on doing 17 jobs. But that's quite jarring as well, because I've had similar experiences where Mm. I used to put together a fashion and beauty section. Yeah. And... All the pages. I had my finger in all of it in some way. And then you'd go into other roles when I went freelance. And you'd literally have people say, no, 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 don't worry, we do that. Yeah, we have a department for that. (laughs) What? But But I want to see it. So it makes sense, I think, for a lot of the old school, mm-hmm. which I'm what I call our generation, yeah. to have actually diversified and create platforms where right. they do everything themselves. Yeah, you were a content creator, I suppose, the earliest form of influencer slash content creator. Yeah. Um, slash just all-rounder. You have mm. to be an all-round hard worker to be able to get anything done then and today it's the same Mm. and that's why I love all these just new kids just creating so the photographers their models their editors their journalists Mm. and yeah good for you you know I'm interested in it and I'm interested in their opinion and the way they see things yes and I think what's very interesting about your time in London Mm -hmm. and then going to New York is that I lived vicariously through <laughs> your adventures. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> I remember God. someone saying, oh, Zana's going to a wedding, and I don't know you... It was whose an wedding was this? I don't know whose wedding, but you were going with your new boyfriend, right. and oh, Lord. you showed the dress that you were going to wear, which was like asymmetric red, very beautiful. Um, oh, my God. I think it was like three colours. Anyway... But um, there was this kind of, you did a transatlantic love thing. Yes. That was very exciting for us on press trips. It was very <laughs> exciting. It was very exciting for me. I mean, this was the kind of relationship where I'd be on like a, literally a beauty shoot and be like, um, where shall I do this shoot? Sorry, editor, if you're listening right now. Um, well, Iceland, that's kind of in the middle of New York yes, in England. Yeah. Let's do it there. And I remember doing actually one of the best shoots I probably ever did there uh, with Darren Feist. And we went there, we did a whole shoot, and then Rossi would just rock up on the last day and we'd spend a few days in Iceland. It was a very romantic time and we had a lot of fun. Um, 
And after two years of doing that, though, probably every few four or five weeks would be traveling backwards and forwards. It kind of reached its point where I was like, okay, something's got to go. But I was not going to give up my job. No. I was for a guy, especially that. I was like, I, I do love you, Rossi, but I'm not moving to America for a guy because that's just against everything I've built here. Yeah. Worked so hard, got the best friends here, got a great industry, and I love the people I work with colleagues, friends, family. So it took a job offer to be on the table mm. before I would actually move. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just wing it. No way. But then the thing also about that is the fact that during those times when you were doing transatlantic, and I think it's probably very um, representative of other areas of your life, you were like, well, let's make the most of it, seeing an opportunity and kind of leaning into it and not, yeah. not actually being scared. Yeah, that's very true. Gosh, I love the way you talk about me. It feels like you're not talking about someone else, no. possibly. <clears throat> and I, I, bring, I bring this up because I think it's really fascinating to talk mm. to people on the show who have gone out of their comfort zone and have lived to tell the tale because I think fear yeah. can be a thing that really stops us. It can be, and I, I was very fortunate to always have... It's funny, because I even look back to my upbringing in Manchester and my parents who, no matter what I did from an early age, I knew I always had them as a back. Mm. You know, I always had them as a back, but I always had their back, and they always had mine. Mm. And I could go and do whatever I wanted to, and without fear of failing, because I kind of always had this amazing, mm. secure, very normal background, mm. which kind of gave me the confidence to just go on and I think the confidence I don't know sometimes I look back and like what did I do that for but having that safety <laughs> having that safety net though can sometimes be the thing that uh, maybe makes you not a grafter so I think it's yeah. interesting that you had that safety net and you were like yeah but I'm, with that safety net I can do big things not I can take it easy well it's the same I don't know it's, do you think that's in us when we're born I, I don't know I just I always loved creating I always loved doing I always loved meeting people mm. I always loved to travel um, and I just liked hard work. I liked the feeling. Nothing makes me happier than working really hard on something and seeing something through from soup to nuts <laughs> to like literally finishing a project. Mm. And that and that that's me happy done. Like that, I get so much rush off that. The adrenaline is ridiculous. And I think that's and that's probably a bad thing to say, but that's I I do that. The adrenaline I get off mm. that will keep me going on to the next one. I totally agree, and some might say that makes someone a workaholic, but I think it, I, I love what I do, and it, it, it's not unhealthy. How many hours a day do you spend working? Um, it depends, but until the job is done. Yeah, so like you fall to sleep with the phone or the computer in your hand at night, yeah, and you wake up at six, and you're thinking about it in your sleep. Yeah. And you get up, and you get back on it, and you're just full of ideas, and I think that's what it is. We're never mm. starved for ideas, so you just want to, like, get them out there at all times, and I don't know. I think we're lucky enough to be in a world where we can do anything that we really put our mind to mm. today, that why not? Well, why not, indeed. I remember when I started this podcast, I'd wake up at three o'clock in the morning and think, right. maybe if I could upload it via this, or maybe if I could do uh, edit the audio files this way. Yeah. Game changer. And but I'd did. get up and I'd... You'd do it in the it. middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. But that's <coughs> all those crazy creative geniuses, and that's the sign of success, right? Mm. When you, you will do anything to make it work. We'll do anything. And I have heard you say before that one of your biggest fears is the fear of not doing something, of regretting oh, the thing doubt. that you don't do. Without doubt. If I will never regret something, at least I tried and failed at, but if I mm. don't, I will will always sit with me. I'm like, God, I wonder what would have happened if I hadn't have first done a TV segment when I was yeah. scared, witless, to go on American TV. And someone said, oh, you should just do this segment. And I remember being petrified, like truly, like I'm surprised the word came out of my mouth. <laughs> all of a sudden the camera started rolling and I was just chatting away. Because <laughs> that was something I was going to ask you about because it wasn't just cable. It was, we're talking the Today yeah. Show, which yes. would be Rachel Ray. Yeah. And then I remember... Um, listeners know I like reality TV I remember watching was it Running in Heels oh jeez <laughs> and literally like every time you came on big, oh my god it's Anna that um, was so I did not know that was going to be the show it was and I remember saying in American Magazine and my editor at the time Joanna Coles who's amazing and was a great mentor to me but she's like oh it's fine Zana they're just going to like mic you up and maybe you know they're not they won't you won't be creating any stories they might just follow you around a little bit mm. cut to <clears throat> being on a beach in Mexico a crew of 20 films <laughs> people following our journey there with a few interns who were winning this competition I mean it was hilarious but it made me laugh because everyone
everyone else was like chucking around Manhattan. <laughs> and where's Zana? Oh, she's in Mexico. <laughs> On a beach with a horse that definitely produced the bottom for the show. <laughs> but it just was like, well, that makes perfect sense that Zana would be like, well, I'm shooting and I'm shooting in Mexico. Come join us. Oh, yeah. Well, and they did. God, yeah, that was literally the first proper show. Um, and then I definitely transferred. I think what I'd say was my beauty editor skills of journalism and always imparting takeaway and mm. tips to the reader into the TV segment. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was like just heaven because you'd write, you'd literally come up with a concept, pitch it to a producer. Mm -hmm. um, then you'd write your own script, you'd style your mm -hmm. own models, you'd come up with all your talking yeah. points and you'd go in and host it and call me a control freak, but I find that really good fun. <laughs> no, it is amazing fun. Also, all of your editorial, it was always accessible because right. there is editorial yeah. that can be quite yeah. excluding. I often say, and I think what's very interesting is even when you did those like bits on the Today Show or Rachel oh, Ray, yeah. it was about, right, this is the current trend, let's just kind of deconstruct it and this is how you can take it away and make it relevant for you yeah. and make it something that you can incorporate into your life or however. Yeah. And so Always it's about the takeaway tip. Yeah. Always. For, for the every woman, yeah. not the... Obviously, we have to cater for readers on magazines, but... Yeah, but then there was always that thing, in it, especially when I arrived in America and fashion shoots, and there was all mm. these... You know, it was it's kind of easy to make a six-foot model look amazing in a beautiful location <laughs> with a fabulous photographer, amazing designer clothes, mm. and the hair and makeup team from, like, God. Mm. Like, that's not hard work. But make some more affordable clothes mm. look great and just all provide more takeaway tips with whatever outfit you're putting together. Mm. And that was something I was pushed for in the early days mm. of Marie Claire US. And something Joanna Coles, my editor, really it resonated with her. And so we, we did. We do, we'd be the first ones doing, like, shop the shoot. Mm. Under 100, mm. under 50 bucks, get this exact look. Because let's face it, how many people in our office really walked around in head-to-toe Versace? <laughs> Not that many. So let's make let's let's be real here and let's really give us some good advice. So it's of no surprise to me that the makeup brand <laughs> that you then create yes. is something that is practical, mm -hmm. that is for everybody, mm -hmm. that is incredibly user-friendly. Incredible. And universal. Yeah, universal to the fact, yeah, I mean... The, the whole ethos behind it, not only are we 100% vegan, mm -hmm. we obviously would never test on any animal and we're full of all the good stuff, none of the bad, mm -hmm. um, but it's super utilitarian to use. Mm -hmm. And I think me as a, a mum, someone with 87 jobs, which is like most of us these mm -hmm. days, um, we wanted something that was... Uh, very, very simple to use. Mm. So taking out all the tools, so from componentry, sticks, for example, mm -hmm. um, to formulation, so melting into your skin as opposed to just yeah. sitting on it, um, to the functionality of every product, it was just super easy to use. And on the go was a very, um, a very important for us to create products that were very user-friendly mm. at whatever time. Um and then it was started from Milk Studios, which is based in Manhattan, downtown. Mm -hmm. You've been there many times. Um, my husband started Milk Studios 20 years ago. Wowzers. I know. It's crazy. Um, I didn't know him back then. Note to all listeners. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he, we have this incredible community there and they wear makeup in such a unique way. Yes, you've mm. got editors there, but then you've got these musicians, photographers, celebrities, mm. influencers, people who just work there, the coolest kids in Manhattan, basically inhabit Milt Studios. Mm. And it's where trends are born. And we would sit there every day watching how they wore makeup. And it was like a walk-in Pinterest board. We're like, oh my God, look at her yellow eyebrows. Oh my God, look at that black lip. What's that going on with her tattoos? Look at that inky mm. eyeliner. And it was like... We need to create a makeup line for this community, mm, mm. but they're also really demanding. So they're not mm. going to settle for a bunch of bad ingredients on their skin. They want vegan. They want clean ingredients. They want epic payoff, though. Um, so that's why our initial tagline was, you know, good ingredients, epic payoff. <laughs> um, and we, we created a line literally around the community that inhabits Milk Studios. And they loved it. <laughs> and they loved it. What was the first product? Um, God, well, we launched, we went big. Um, Diana Ruth is our COO and my partner, and she creates all the products. She did hard candy back in the day. Remember how much we loved that? Oh, yeah. I, I remember going to Bloomingdale's on my first ever trip to New York yeah. and having a hard candy makeover. I mean, incredible, right? Yeah. So we poached, well, <laughs> we tracked her down, I should say. Oh, my gosh. I remember Rossi just, we knew she was the one every meeting we'd have. 
Because we went to Sephora with just a deck and an idea. Mm. And they were like, if you can make this product, you are in. <laughs> so myself, Rossi, and Georgie, the other co-founder. Sephora said you were in before they tried the product. Yeah, because we had a deck and an idea and a community. Oh, I bet the deck was good. It was really good. <laughs> and then Georgie had so much to do that. She's an amazing, she's a film director and she's a music, she's won VMAs. I mean, she's so creative. A moon man. Yeah, she has a moon man. <laughs> it's on the desk. Um, but she, um, no, we, we had this sizzle and an idea and shitloads of passion. And we just bounced in there. And they, they said, yeah, if you can do it, we'll take you. And but we needed a product developer. And mm-hmm. that's when we found Diana. Mm-hmm. Um, who we heard from many people that she was the woman that we needed. And Rossi basically tracked her down, um, wooed her. She came to meet us on the first time. She literally sat around the table and she was like, okay, you guys were all crazy. <laughs> this is going to be interesting, but I'm in. Okay. And um, then she, we launched 70 SKUs from the get-go. It's ridiculous. I don't know what we were thinking. Like that, I mean, when you talk about going all in in business, oh, that's going all it's in. Like, it was ambitious, but it actually really worked in our favor. And, mm. you know, Cooling Water was one of the initial ones, which is still an icon today. Um sticks it was all about the sticks the bronzer the highlighter in lit the cooling Mm. water all those like big jumbo sticks which the fill is huge Mm. by the way if you buy them uh you're in for a treat and they're never gonna run out (laughs) um we're not good for replenishment we realized quite soon after that like great when we see you next year yeah but it's like it is an iconic Mm. um you know and i think that's when something becomes iconic you can almost tell it by its silhouette Mm-hmm. I always think that, you know, that's, and that's, that's what we've true. got from, from these jumbo sticks. Why, what was the, was it just because you wanted something, A, you could see what was inside, you could see how much yep. was left. Yeah. So was that, uh, that stick formula and everything just about transparency? Transparency, yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm. From the get-go, we've been very transparent in packaging, mm. in our, um, all of our creative campaigns. I mean, our first campaign, we had a guy and a girl. They were kissing. You couldn't even tell which the guy or the girl was. Mm-hmm. We've always had boys in our campaign. And it was so something that... Gender was a moot point to us. It didn't... Mm-hmm. We weren't like, oh, should we put a boy in? Oh, my God. When we began the line, we knew that the community at Milt were just boys and girls who wore makeup mm-hmm. in a really cool way. So it was always going to be, you know, gender neutral. Mm-hmm. Everything neutral, really. But, but, okay, how long ago was this? Three years ago, we launched Literature of the Day yeah. in New York, yeah. So that's quite, that is ahead of, that doesn't surprise me that somebody with an editorial brain mm-hmm. was thinking in that way. People are thinking that way now. Yeah. Because of everything that's happened, but with a new business. Yeah. It was a risk. Yeah, well. Probably. A risk in the, insofar as it was, it was something that maybe brands hadn't had to consider before. Yeah. Or thought even was relevant. That's exactly it. But I think because it was so innate within the culture of milk mm. that we didn't think twice about it and um it was funny to see a lot of brands do it after and like we even <laughs> did a story about the boys of instagram later in Mary Claire, and it was kind of like interesting that we just it was just innate with us within us and I, I think a lot of the things that we even do you know it's always progressive mm. we're progressive in campaigns we're pro- progressive in casting we're progressive in formulations mm. and it's innovative and how how does somebody remain or continue to be innovative? Um, by having an incredible team, mm-hmm. like by, led by Diana Ruth. I mean, so it's you, Diana Rassi, and Georgie, and Georgie. Greville. Yeah, and um, we all come from different areas as well. I think really helps mm-hmm. because I obviously got the editorial and I do the TV. I'm in the mix of red carpets, behind the scenes of shows. I'm with the best in the business mm-hmm. at all times, so getting those tips and tricks from them. Um, then you've got somebody like Georgie who's an amazing creative brain, a creative mm. director by trade, and she's like an early adopter of all trends. And then you've got Diana who will never settle for second best. She's so focused on what she takes out of products as well as what she puts in. Mm. Um, and she will never create anything that already exists. Fact. Oh. Trust me, I've tried. <laughs> but we need an eyeliner. Not until I find the right formulation. Not until we've made it. Like she will just, ne- she'll never just settle, right. just to have, just to fill a gap in the market. Mm. And then uh, Rossi, who's the guardian of the milk brand, who obviously started it, and he's like OCD about everything milk, and he's got a great vision too. And he knows more about makeup now than I ever <laughs> imagined my husband would. <laughs> so he started Milk Studios. Mm-hmm. Did he know that it was going to expand into all of these other areas? Could, do you think he ever could have imagined, 
I'm going to marry Sana from London and we're going to create a makeup brand. I it's an empire now. It I mean milk was anyway. Like so they mm. had the studios, then they have a digital department, then they have equipment, then they have an agency, they have a gallery, they have a jam room downstairs where you go down and you see Kanye and ASAP playing. Like literally you just go down there and there's <laughs> like life all is these so much cooler than mine. So we no, they are way cooler <laughs> than me. I go down there and I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just to go home and look after the kids. Um <laughs> but milk and that is Rossi, even though he's like older now but mm. he all the cool kids love him and he's like paparazzi and they all like and they, they've built this amazing community of doers there and creators and trend leaders and mm. just great great people so it's about continuing to be inspired and putting yourself in these positions yeah. like you say you're backstage a lot yeah and you do a lot of tv yeah it's been so delightful to just like turn on e I forget you guys see it here. It makes me even a bit nervous about doing it. But it is that thing about if I'm ever watching TV with somebody who's not in the industry yeah. and it's like, oh, yeah, I know Zana. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks, <laughs> we got the Euro stuff together once. <laughs> Did we drink wine? Probably. <laughs> it's, it's probably possible. Probably. Between probably. writing features about antioxidants and yeah, <laughs> drinking yeah. a glass of wine. Exactly. Well, red grapes. There you go, exactly. It's fine. Um, so the TV side of things, you have become, I don't know how you're going to take this, but you have become a bit of a celebrity. Like, Not at all. You must get, no, I mean, Stop it. everybody's a celebrity <laughs> today. We've got an Instagram post, you've got a celebrity following. Um, I love what I do. I love my work for E. I do have a lot of fun. We just did the Golden Globes. I'm going mm. to the Oscars in a few weeks. Um, that I mean, it's fun. I do pinch myself. I'm there mm. on the Oscars, like red carpet, going, oh my gosh, every celebrity on the planet is passing me by. And I've worked with them in different capacities as an editor. Yes, yeah. But when you're watching them in the finery on a red carpet like the Oscars, mm. it's kind of, yeah, um, that's never going to get old. <laughs> of course not. But I mean, but it also, again, that speaks of the adrenaline. I've done red carpets, not televised, I hasten to add. And it is an adrenaline rush, yeah. like nothing else. Nothing else, right? Because you'll be talking to someone, Bradley Cooper's in your peripheral yeah. vision, and it'll just start rising. And you, uh, you either, it's funny, I think you either rise to that or you mm. crumble underneath it. And like, clearly you and I are adrenaline junkies and we just thrive upon it and it just keeps us going no it's exciting god i'm so lucky to be in this world of entertainment and fashion and beauty that most people consume mm. for literally their pastime and it's my job to create that so so what, what i'd be interested to know is mm. do you ever tr can you because i find it difficult so i'd be yeah. interested to know whether you can ever take a step out and go and try and have a consumer experience I do that a lot, and mm -hmm. I think that's so important. I think that's maybe the editor in me because you're always even writing or giving tips for the person on the other side. Mm -hmm. Now, we have an interesting conversation actually the other day with our CMO, and which someone asked us the three um, three key words to describe milk makeup, and my three words were very consumer-facing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, with me as a consumer, what do I want to know about mm -hmm. the makeup brand? Whereas maybe Diana's was very different because it was more industry and Georgie's yes. was more creative and it was I think it's just hardwired in me that mm. I want to help people mm -hmm. and from whatever I do I just want to be able to impart the information and help and tips and tricks that I anything I can do you ever um, go near the milk um uh, uh, concession and just earwig oh, all the time and you know what's funny though I always hear an English accent and I see people stocking up on it and that to me was always telling I was like yes. okay they come here to film their bags with sticks and then take them across and they should take pictures of people and take them into the office and be like we have to do it I totally believe that because I've, I've been with I've been, I've been there and I've done it but then I think one of the things is um, when you uh, spoke to Sally yes. in the bathroom oh, so fun. I remember hearing it and thinking I think the reference to being TSA friendly has mm -hmm. been mentioned about three or four times and considering your life such a traveller it made so much sense yeah, so much sense but actually TSA friendly Anyway, it's very daily friendly. Like yes, being exactly. able to see Good your point. products. Um, a commute can just be as draining if you know. So true and that whole like I started doing these quick tricks in the back of cars and really it's now them. become this I mean, I remember doing one, it was just purely functional because I got off a plane in LA, had to get to a meeting, mm. did my makeup on my phone and using it as a mirror and did it in time lapse and then put it on Instagram because it was funny because <laughs> um, I literally went from death to barely okay um, 
And the next time I picked up my phone after the meeting, it had two million views. I was like, holy moly, I might be onto something here. And it was oh, literally wow. went viral. And then everyone I did after that kept on getting crazy amounts of views. Has that been interesting? Because I find it incredibly fascinating using Instagram as an editorial tool. I think it's we should be able to do it. It's our duty to be mm. able to do that well. Yes, I mean, exactly. And I see kids today doing it really, really well. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well done. Um yeah, I mean, we're used to franchises, we're used to storytelling, mm. we're used to takeaway tips, we know what people, we should know what people find mm. interesting from facts, figures, pictures, imagery, it's our world, right? Mm. So, uh, and I, I do love Instagram, I probably spend way too much time on it. I I don't need to know, I don't want to look, I enjoy it. Yeah. And it's not hurting anybody, it's not hurting anyone, <laughs> it's not hurting anybody, so I don't mind it. Now, the world of celebrity is, and that world in New York and in L.A., to a lot of people listening, they might think, oh, it's quite it's quite scary. It's really hard to get into. Mm-hmm. And we look to our guests for sources of inspiration. If somebody looks at your career yeah. or looks at aspects of what you do and thinks, I really, really would like to do that, but I'm not entirely sure where to start. Mm. What do you think fundamentally is the sort of central pillar um, that you would recommend they follow or think gosh, about? Gosh, such a big question. And I was mm. definitely... Not lucky. I, I worked hard. Mm. I think I definitely had some kind of path that bounced me in certain directions. But first off, um, be willing to learn and say yes to absolutely every single opportunity. Mm. Um, like you were saying when we both for magazines, they, it, it, an opportunity to come and it'd be the worst timing and I'd have some trip planned or I wanted to be with mm. a family or friends. I've sacrificed a lot yeah. when it comes to that and I still do today. Mm-hmm. Um I have to make decisions daily. You know, if I'm going to say yes to something, it's usually a no to something else. And that, um, but the yeses always pay off. Mm. Um, Be willing, be an all-rounder. If you're on set, learn about every single person's job there, not just Mm -hmm. your own. Understand what the photographer's assistant's doing. Understand what the production's assistant, understand what the caterer's doing Mm. and how they get their food. Like, the more you understand about any environment, the better. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, read there's so many amazing resources out there information is so much power mm. um and if you are in a fashion and beauty world read you should be reading Williams Wardella you should be reading the business of fashion and the, it's lazy if you don't because there's so much info out there but yeah. that will give you ideas like I can't read one of those articles without I've got an idea for something mm-hmm. um and stay connected meet people stay in touch with them hound people you know, it's it's all of the usual advice, but it works if you combine it all together yeah. with a nice attitude. Well, that's what I was going to say. Have to have a good attitude, the otherwise you're out. Yeah, you. Well, yeah, for the most part. We we've know we're going to work with me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we've all been we've all been in a room and thought, wow. Yeah. Um, but the hounding part, there's enthusiasm, and then the, and there's enthusiasm that's well received, and then there's enthusiasm that reads as hounding or being a nuisance. Yeah. Do you think there's like a formula for being um, persistent whilst maintaining a good charm and humour? I think you should know when you're pushing someone too far. If you're a human being with decency and an understanding and some empathy empathy for anyone mm. else, you should know how far you could push someone. Mm. Um, and, you know, if something's received well, then push gently. Mm. You know, I'm not saying like go bang on doors. Um but an email with an email follow-up is totally all right. Yes. Because I, busy people usually, they'll flag it mm. and maybe not get around to a reply. So a follow-up is totally, yeah, I love it when people follow me up because I'm like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I completely <laughs> meant to. Like, oh. Excuses, excuses. Because <laughs> I think you and I grew up in the, the era of the movie, the, like, mm-hmm. um, the movie where the scrappy person, like you see them doing the hard graft and like working yeah. in the mailroom and yeah, yeah. getting a lucky break. Whereas it is different now. I speak to young journalists who are trying to get into the right. beauty world and they say, well, no, it, it's not like that anymore because there aren't these intern roles and what have you. Right, yeah, well, that was uh, my role for sure. Yeah, so yeah, I wouldn't have got into journalism had it not been for working for free. No way. I mean, I did six months. I was sleeping on someone's couch. Just really? while it, yeah, completely. I, was, I would do anything the editor asked me, 100%. And that's... But then go over and above. Like, if I was given a research project, I would go to the library. Mm-hmm. Yes, the library. Um, and <laughs> We are of that generation. Yes, the internet complete, is not. I, it was like LexisNexis, I think, was the closest thing. <laughs> if 
but I would buy the books yeah. and I would give you every piece of history on the lipstick and every like this from the psychology mm. to the different colors from the to the past to the present in re, like interview every single makeup artist put together a big mm. binder and then present it yeah and I'd be that girl and they were like well I only needed a couple of quotes from makeup artists I'd be like whoops <laughs> <laughs> well but it, 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 it helps it stands you know if you go above and beyond for people they remember it well speaking of going above and beyond 70 skews is above and beyond for a new brand <laughs> and now we're at 200 right we're gonna have to deconstruct this and go through this so okay. you start with 70 mm-hmm. and that is a lot yes. for a new brand yes and it wasn't it's not like this is an independent brand this isn't something oh, no. coming out this of Estee Lauder no. or one of the big houses it's all funded from milk yeah so that's a lot and that, that's a completely new muscle to flex, this whole kind of, right, we're starting this new business. And on paper, you've got all the things that you yep. should need to be able to make it a success. But I'm curious, Anna, the day that it <laughs> launched, did you go and hide? Um, the day we launched, oh, well, first of all, we had a really epic party the day it launched. You can only do epic parties. Oh my parties. gosh, no, it was um, a very milk party and we had salt and pepper perform. <laughs> and Spinderella. Oh my. But we were like, what's the ultimate female empowerment, right? So it was them, and we had Zoe Kravitz there as well, and we had Licky <gasps> Lee play. And it was like all these girls who were just badass girls mm. who really represented our brand. Mm. And yeah, that was amazing. That Spinderella was pretty epic. <laughs> so the day after it launched, I was just in bed with a really bad hangover. Um, but then from there, no, you just charge forward. Mm. You're like, you get a bite, and you get one great review, and then you realize you're onto something, and you just keep building that, and you keep the relationships mm. up and we've got an amazing team and I'm no way near going to take credit away from them who are just phenomenal and so passionate about now? makeup 50 50 yeah, wow it's with our field teams as well yeah and so half of them are here in, in the UK with us all bouncing around town taking pictures on top of buses up, with milk makeup sticks <laughs> upstairs just looks amazing isn't it's, it great it looks so good it's exactly what it's if 20 years ago you'd put me in that room, I would have started sweating profusely. Like, before Why? I got into the industry. Because it's just gorgeous product everywhere, and right. everything looks like it'll make my life better. <laughs> and it does! <laughs> From and that used to be the thing. Is I, though, Speaking of, like, the makeover I had with the hard candy, you know, you get the eyeshadow quartet, and yeah. they were... Had, I just thought, well, I want this, because this will make everything better. And I think I only used that eyeshadow quartet for, like, three years. Three years is a long time. I think I might on. have. I think I might have replenished it, but it was like this is. I'd invested is so much into yeah. it. Yeah. And then, as a beauty editor, one can get jaded because one can. The products come in. You get Saturated. access to everything. <laughs> you get to swatch everything. Yeah. And so I think it's interesting. I wondered if there were things that you knew you absolutely didn't want to do or never wanted to go near in terms of formulations or particular types of products uh definitely from an ethical standpoint mm. obviously we would never test we don't put silicones dimethicones in any mm. of our products it's only good stuff none mm. of the bad there's no reason to put the bad stuff in these days the the, the substitutes are so great um but you know yeah i mean i would try i have an instinct now which has come from all that swatching mm. from a beauty editor being on set I just know a good product instantly. Mm-hmm. And it's an instinctual thing. Everyone else on the team has the facts, the figures, the science behind it. Mine is much more gut. Mm. Um, but there, I think there's a lot to be said to that because the woman in the store is not going to know the facts and the figures. It's like literally she likes or she doesn't or he likes or he doesn't. I do this thing and I'm sure you do it. The second you get any, any product, you just swatch it on the back of your hand. Totally. And I can, <laughs> I can my hand is very glossy, but also matte. <laughs> Because I've been upstairs using the product. <laughs> but you can tell instantly. I mean, yeah. look at my hand without being funny. It looks gorgeously healthy yeah, and hydrated. That looks great. Doesn't it? I've used on that. Um, it was the, well, the matte bronzer and one of the hydrating sticks. Oh, so good. Yeah, look, you can see a difference in mine too. Sorry, read the... <laughs> Listeners. listeners, viewers, readers, listeners. But there are people in <laughs> oh, our you lovely people out there. There are there are beauty editors, beauty directors in our business who have mm. a beauty editor's hand. Who their normally their left hand mm. is looks visibly younger. Around here, just <gasps> you must have seen. That's amazing. No, I never even thought about that. Oh, I'm not one of them. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> should have swiped more. <laughs> we are caked in makeup. It's absolutely fine. Um, 
but yes, I so the ethical thing was very, very the ethical thing. I make it sound so silly. But being ethical was really, really important very, to you. Very, very important. The functionality of the transparency, the clicker, like mm-hmm. TSA friendly. TSA friendly, <clears throat> um, just innovative as well. Mm. The one of the we have a sunshine oil, which is seven mm. essential oils, and it's in um it, the the component is actually based on a <laughs> diabetic pen. So it has a click for it, and it's just so it's super easy to use. Mm. It's got a glass rollerball, but that's only glass in the oil. So when you take it in your bag, you're not going to arrive somewhere with a bunch of smashed glass and oil Mm. all over your bag, which I've done done. so many (laughs) times. We've all done it. So everything's just (coughs) smart. We Mm. think about the packaging, the ingredients, the way she's the user experience really, really hard before we launch something, you know, and all just, just, just smart ingredients. So the other 130 products that you created. <laughs> so you started off with very much, it was very much skin yeah. and complexion, and then you've moved into other areas. And you mentioned um, not wanting to create an eyeliner until yeah. it was... And now we have um, a longwear eyeliner, um, and it is... I think it might be behind you, actually. Oh, no, that's a tattoo stamp. Um, the longwear <laughs> eyeliner has um, hyaluronic acid in it, so it mm. literally glides on so smoothly. And you've got about... A minute, max, 30 seconds. Playtime. A minute playtime. <laughs> and then you're not, I mean, you're stuck with it for like as long as you want, which is actually part of our, was always part of our um, initial idea because this girl or guy, like, they worked hard, but they also partied hard. Mm-hmm. So they wanted looks that were going to last them all night, probably into the next day of work when they showed up completely mm-hmm. hungover, but the makeup still looked bang on. <laughs> um, next day makeup, don't knock it. I'm into it. I'm I so love into a slept it. in eye. Thank you, yes. Kate, for giving us all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But actually, the thing is, without it, you don't even look slept in. It's like perfect, still like just stamped on. It's not the one on your Instagram where you did the cat eyes yes, in the, yes, on the plane. I was exactly. watching how does. Oh my I god! I love you. Watch all these; it makes me so happy. I never, you never think that people actually look at it, even though you see the views. You're like, yeah, whatever. It's just nonsense. Yeah. Does it? Does it feel? If you look back now to 2003, when you were sort of in the middle of your time at Marie Claire, yep, in the UK, does it feel like this is where it was always meant to? Does it feel like destiny? Um, I appreciate that's a big question. It, it no, I think. I wish I could say I was this strategic. Mm-hmm. I don't think I am. I think it's... I definitely worked really hard and had some lucky breaks, maybe. Mm. But I... I um, no, I would have never put myself here in our pop-up shop in Covent Garden with all of our skews upstairs mm. and this incredible buzz around a brand that I was part of building in the US. No, I wouldn't have. But I'm really glad I am. <laughs> and that's a very of honest course. answer. <laughs> During those 15 years, I could look at, we could look at social media, I could see you on E, and I could think, Zana's living a charmed life. Now, I know you're a hard worker, so I'm never yeah. just going to go, oh, yeah, yeah. She, her life looks perfect. But have there been knocks along the way? And what's the, yeah. what's the most important thing to do when you do feel knocked or set back or like mm-hmm. you're not where you want to be? Um, focus. Re- take a step back figure out really what makes you happy Mm. um, and what has to stay in your life and what has to go in your life and that could be work that could be people Mm -hmm. that could be different practices that you do or don't do Mm. and I think that you just got to give yourself a bit of me time to figure those things out and that's something I didn't do enough and I would Mm. run myself ragged Um, and I'm trying I'm actually still going through that now I'm Mm. just really trying to figure out priorities and you know, I have kids now mm. as well, and they're obviously the most important thing in my life, and family here, and I, so it's all like constantly evolving, and mm. I'm still trying to figure it out. And I wish I had advice for people, but like I That's suppose, just give yourself a minute and yeah. think about what makes you happy. I think <clears throat> from that, I take, and I think it's something that it's so hard to do is don't worry about what anyone else thinks. Really understand what makes you happy, don't because the happiest, the happier you are, yeah. the happier the people so around true. you will be. Yeah, don't try and people please too yeah. much. So the I mean, it's a horrible question. And it's not going to be how do you juggle motherhood and being an oh. entrepreneur, but <laughs> how do I? You do travel. You do lots. You yeah. have a schedule that is not. I would imagine that your schedule varies not just week to week but day to day. It does. You're totally, totally right. So there's no patterns, and like that's my excuse with permanently not getting to the gym. Well, I just don't know where I'll be tomorrow. <laughs> um, 
The only answer I ever have for that is there's no such thing as balance. I think that's a made up word to make working mothers feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that I have to be in the present wherever I am. And if that's with my kids, I have to be with them. I have to put the phone away and mm-hmm. make myself put the phone away. I have to, if I'm at work, I have to be wherever my body is, my head has to be too. <laughs> That's my new thing. I love that. But it makes sense, right? Yeah. And then I don't think there's going to be an equal balance of time with my kids and time mm. with work every week or every two weeks or every month. But I believe that if I am where I'm like physically and mentally there as well, mm. then I'm trying to figure I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Is that um, a thinking that's come out of something like yoga or meditation or... Uh, any, do you have a no just fig- just being just not being present on many jobs or right. like and and just clearly being annoying to people because I'm not there and I'm mm. juggling another job and that's not fair on anyone around me and I probably learned the hard way there because I just see it's not fair on you know the team that I'm with mm. or the other people I'm not with you know so it's now about what can I really let's just think what what is possible yeah one person let's think <laughs> about this and also in saying that though I have an amazing team of of people obviously at Mill Makeup incredible Mm. but then outside of that I have amazing help with the kids we have an amazing nanny I'm not Mm going to deny that I need the kids need that you know if Mm -hmm. I'm bouncing around the planet you know they they we we need help yeah well it's okay two working parents two working parents who aren't always in the country yeah but when we're with them we're really with them yeah and every weekend we actually just got a place upstate New York, so it's two hours out of the city. So if mm. every Friday night we all get in that car and we shut off and Over we drive for two hours, <laughs> we decompress, we laugh, we sing, we talk about the week, even though the four whatever the whatever letter they're learning in school. <laughs> um and we spend the weekend together and we run around without our shoes on and like be with nature and mm. that that to us is our, our medicine, if you like, and yeah. our somewhat making it okay to be nuts for the other five days (laughs) back in 2003 I think that um it felt it feels to me anyway that there was an element of and I always use the Mickey Mouse Club example (laughs) the Mickey Mouse Club year when it was Ryan JC Justin Brittany and Christina right and I (laughs) is that that year no it it wasn't that year (laughs) but the idea of that if you look at who we used to go on these press trips with yeah. press trips with it was you it was Alex Steiner yeah. it was Nadine Baggett yeah. and it was the it all of me, who I'm missing this week which <laughs> makes me very happy I know and it's been like real nostalgia this week to look at social yeah. media and see you and Alex together or like I was on the phone to Nadine yesterday and she said I'm just going in to go and see Zana and it feels like a real a real moment of we were all so hungry and we all wanted it. Like yeah. Alex has got a skincare range yeah. out. I mean, for goodness yeah. sake, she's done so incredibly well. And the dean's like storming it on YouTube. Yeah. But we were all really, really hungry. Yeah. And we wanted it now. And I feel a sense of joy in kind of taking a step back and going, now it's all here. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. yeah. Well, you had that foresight. I mean, that's... I, I do feel like it's a reunion, though. And mm. even from... We've got an amazing um, PR here, and it's beauty scene, and they're my I old know. friend, and I Nicola know. Moulton, who's one of my dearest friends, still is today, but an incredible beauty director, you know, at Vogue. And and the team from the beauty scene here are all, like, old friends. And I know. It's, it's amazing, and it's, like, coming full circle. You're yeah. right, full circle. Well, there's a full circle moment, but also it just feels like... I've often said on this podcast, when I was 25, I was... I didn't understand why I didn't have it now. I'd right. see other people have it. I think, well, why haven't I got it? Because I want it just as badly and I'll work the extra hours. Yeah. And now I can relax because I think a lot of the stuff that I desperately wanted then, I, I hadn't I hadn't really earned, I didn't deserve, and I wouldn't have known yeah, what to do so with. True. Whereas now I can I can do so something true. with it. I, tr- I think you get what you can cope with at the right time. Mm. And you do have to put in the groundwork. Yeah. No doubt about that. There is no overnight success. And if it does no. happen overnight, I pretty much guarantee you it's not going to last. Well, also, it might look like it happened overnight. Like, milk might look like it happened <sighs> overnight, Jesus. but it didn't. 20 years in the making. My husband's been having events there, having studios there. He knows every single person in Manhattan. He worked his... But oh, I mean, he's a social butterfly. Yeah. And you know what? It's paid off because this is what we built a uh, milk makeup from the community that he built yeah. at Milk Studios. And it's the combination of all of your years of experience. <laughs> Diversity. And, yeah. <laughs> and I remember when um, Joe Fairley came on the podcast oh and I know I went over to I went to house in Hastings. Oh it's so 
Sure. Um, and we were talking about writing jobs. And if somebody says, um, can you write this feature? How long will it take you? And Joe's answer is two hours and 30 years. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh my God, that's, I'm taking that one. Take it home How long with you. do you have milk been born? Three years plus the other 30. Exactly, yeah. the combined experiences. So true. So as we draw to an end of our time... Oh the my end of God, our time it's together, so nice chatting with you, though. It's, it's so sweet. It's a dream, but you are incredibly busy. This is a pop-up when you have flown in, so I don't want to take up loads of your time. But I do wonder, because I ask myself this question, if I could pop back to 2003... Oof. And I just, it just, it's so embedded, indelibly etched in my brain meeting you on mm-hmm. a press trip and like being a bit like, oh my God, Slana's here. Um, is there anything that you now would like to tap Zana from 2003 on the shoulder and just whisper in her ear? You, you just saying that is actually, that's exactly what I would tell Zana, that I would have had more confidence in myself because I don't think back then mm. I would have ever in a million years thought someone was in, like even remotely excited to meet me. Mm. And that's what I would tell her because I think I was very shy as well. Mm. I was there, I was, but I was definitely the shyer one. Mm. So I would probably tell myself to have a bit more confidence in myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. And then just go and do what you got to do. Yes, just keep working, keep yeah. trucking. Keep thank you so much I'm nice. so <laughs> delighted to see all your success I'm so Thanks, incredibly chuffed well, to see I want milk you in the UK try every piece of milk makeup starting with the cushion mascara I will be wearing all of it Yay. thank you so much Thanks, listeners obviously Anna. I will be putting all of the links to milk to Zana in the show notes that you can find on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading the show but thank you for listening to this episode this has just been a reunion oh, so that's nice. made my heart sing and me, me too <laughs> thank you everyone thank see you. you all soon Thank you so much for listening. Now, before you go, I would love it if you could get in touch. Why not? Just drop me an email at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. One of my favorite things is to get emails from you and to have a little chat. Why not slide into my DMs on social media? I am at Emma Gums on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also click the link in my profile or the show notes to join the closed Facebook group where we have lots of chats and insightful discussions about the podcast and many, many other things. I will be back next time with another fabulous guest. But for now, thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the next one. Bye.